right, let's walk it down. Let's walk through it. Okay, what are we looking at? What are we looking at? Uh, it appears the victim was crushed from an object that fell from a great height. Okay, okay. So we're talking, uh, I don't know, somebody pushed a, a, a potted plant out a window. What are we talking here? Uh, I have a different theory. Okay, why don't you run it by me? I believe that a clown car was shot out of a cannon and then went up in a huge arc and landed on this individual, smashing them into nothingness. Wait, you you talking a clown car with clowns in it? Yeah, occupied by four clowns. All right. They're kind of evil clowns. Okay. And then one of the clowns, uh, and this is, we can see these blood splatters over here. You uh-huh. may be wondering how those got there. Yeah, yeah, those are a little bit farther away from the scene of the crime. It appears that those were ejected from an old-time car horn that one of the- uh, Like one of those honky-honky kinds? Yeah, one of those, uh-huh. like one of those kinds, of, one of those awooga ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like one of the clowns like squeezed it and then blood squirted out of it. Forget it, Nick. It's Eternal Champions Town. We brawl through hyper-violent fighting game. We brawl... We compete in hyper-fighting violent game. We brawl our way through hyper-violent fighting game Eternal Champions for Genesis and Sega CD. That's how it's done, Nick. That's how it's done. Perfect. This weekend, how did this get slayed? Welcome to How Did This Get Slayed, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest horror video games of all time, all month long. I'm Ick Weiger, alongside Herter Ann Campbell. I'm Herter Ann Campbell, and I'm here beside Matt Oppo Dr. Victor Franz... What? (laughs) (laughs) Matt Oppo Dr. Fuck. It's hard. It's hard. Okay. Matt Oppo Dr. Frankenstein... (laughs) Is it Dr. Frankenstein or is it Dr. Victor Von Frankenstein? Okay, yeah, so there was you, an off- I think you pitched Victor, you pitched Victor Von Frankenstein. Stop! <laughs> <laughs> you throw Von in there. You guys, that was a deep fake. Right. <laughs> that was a, an IRL deep fake? Yeah, I deep faked you. I so, was deep faked out. That's right. I you thought know. you didn't know the name of Dr. Frankenstein. So, okay. Is that, is that just how, like, Zoomers say a lie? <laughs> you just oh call it a God. deep fake? Are you a Zoomer? Am I a Zoomer? I, you might be a Zoomer. <laughs> I don't know. I was born in 1990. Okay. I then I think you're a millennial. Yeah, okay. you're a millennial. Oh, Got thank it. God. Thank God I'm a, I'm a millennial. Oh. We picked up that Zoomer slang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got to assimilate. <laughs> uh, so we're here. And we have a a very special way of wrapping up How Did This Get Slayed, which we are going to get to in one second. But before we do that, it's time, once again, before we descend into gaming hell, to spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven. Heather and I will have 70 seconds to discuss a game we have been playing that we have been enjoying. Matt, let us know when we can begin. All right, ready? Yes. Go for it. Okay. Wait, that's oh, it? Wait. Just go for it? No countdown <laughs> no, or anything? Start again. <laughs> you want to start Who's again? going no, it's first? Fine. Okay. Heather, you go first. Okay, Ready? Great. Go. So I've uh, 
beat around the bush on this, but yes. I did finish Mother 3 <laughs> a few weeks ago. Very exciting. And it was one of the most moving and incredible experiences I've ever had. I can't stop thinking about the ending. Which not, I, ju- not just gaming, but in general? I... Yeah. Like in all entertainment? Well, so I picked it up years ago and you have to fill up all this like stuff that's your favorites up right. top. And now like when it those all paid off in the end, I was like, oh my God, I'm actually having memories of having done this a long time ago. It felt like a journey wow. that I went on with the characters. I it it's in my top ten games of all time. And you just finished and it. And I just finished it. That's quite an yeah, endorsement. It's a huge, huge endorsement. Wow. Is that my time? You're, that's your time. Great. Go, Nick. Uh, I am going to shout out a game that we may be covering in the near future on the podcast, Untitled Goose Game, which I played to completion in uh, over the weekend, and I Ugh. loved it. Well, okay, yeah, what? I'm sorry. I feel like you can say a game played to completion. Seven, you closed your eyes and put your head four, back. Three, <laughs> trying to evoke an two, orgasm. One. Jesus Christ. I didn't get to say anything about it because you were roasting me for my verbiage. I'm sorry I said played to completion in terms of completing a game. I finished the game. Finished it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. <laughs> uh, I'm sweating because we have a, a, a guest in here. And we have an esteemed guest. <laughs> this is a lot. We just is going very blue, very fast. <laughs> well, the, this week for the final edition of How Did This Get Slayed, as I mentioned, our October exploration of the gruesome and macabre on the gaming side, we're covering Eternal Champions, which was developed by Sega and released for the Sega Genesis in North America in 1993, and then the Sega CD in 95. A fighting game with playable characters from different time frames, uh, different timelines that became infamous for its extremely gory finishing moves called Overkills. And to talk through Eternal Champions, our guest is an artist who's worked in the video game industry since starting at Sega in 1991. He's worked on franchises like Wing Commander, Star Wars Galaxies, Torment, as well as today's game. It's our first ever developer's commentary. With William Keir. Hi, William. How are you? Hello. Good. And thank you very much for having me. What what a treat to have you here. This is really exciting. It's I'm very a exciting. Starstruck. This is very <laughs> cool. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> well, Heather, you should explain your because I, I was a I w- we were a Nintendo family growing yeah. up, so I didn't have a a, a non Nintendo console yeah. until I was basically an adult. Yeah. But you had a Sega CD. Oh yeah. And you played this game when it was out. I played this game religiously when it came out. I had uh I th- I had Jurassic. Jurassic Park, Heart of the Alien, Eternal Champions, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and I think the pack-in game, which I think was called Sylphid, but I'm not re- sure if, the, maybe I'm misremembering that. Right. And I'm, and I'm sure the internet will just be like, that game didn't fucking come out on that fucking, <laughs> fucking stupid. Uh, but I was I was hugely into fighting games in the 90s and used to stand on a milk crate at the 7-Eleven to play Street Fighter 2. <laughs> And Eternal Champions was like my own secret world because nobody I knew had a Sega CD and nobody I knew played Eternal Champions. So I would go to school and I'd be like, you guys, there's like a character that gets thrown into a fan. would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was really, I, I, 
until this week, I thought I had unlocked all the secret characters. And this week I discovered there were three that I never even unlocked. Wow. Yeah. Because there's a lot of characters in the Sega CD version. A huge number of characters. It's a 25 character roster. Yeah. So I... This is this is a lot. This is a lot for me, and I'm very excited. Uh, well, uh, well, William, let's let's take a step back before we get into Eternal Champions. Before you even got into the game industry, which I'm which I'm curious about uh, how you that ended up being your career path. But what got you into to playing games? What, what got you interested in games in the first place? So I probably I, I got early on, like when I was uh, 11, 12. Yes. we had an Atari. Played a shit ton of that. Hell yeah. And then um, I sort of like, I think around the time ColecoVision came out, that was the last console I bought for a good long time. Okay. Didn't play anything. And then I got into college. I was going to a Art Center College Design out in Pasadena. And I house sat for my aunt and she, they had a Nintendo system. And I just, I lost it. I called in the sick uh, next day. I didn't call in, I just didn't go to school. And I got, I played so much of Mike Tyson's punch out that I got like the little arrow impression. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm just trying to smash it. And so that got me hooked. I, I went home, I bought a console and just me and my dad got into it. And so that was like one of our first bonding experiences was just video games. The first and, Zelda, and especially. You're, you're in college at the time. I was in college at the time. Wow. And so you're you're like Zelda 1. What are some of your other all-time favorites? Um, fuck, I played them all. Like, he would buy them. Like, he got into it. Right. But he couldn't, he couldn't play them. So I had to play them for him. Uh, Castlevania, Mega Man. Nice. Um, and... All of them. Uh, so okay, so you, you're you're going to school for you're going to uh, art college, um, and you're uh, how do you end up be be getting in transitioning into working in the video game industry? I was scared shitless. Yes. at the end of school because uh, illustration is a hard field to break into. Mm-hmm. They just started hiring artists in in video games, and um, they would have recruiters sort of come to the school. Right, and I went through a couple passes there. I graduated. And then uh, got a call from a company, the, the company out in Diamond Bar. Um, wasn't Sega yet. Uh, and went in for an interview. They didn't hire me the first time. I almost became a mailman. And then they called me in for a second interview right before that happened. Wow. Um, and that I went, so I went into the place. All I had, I didn't know how to turn on a computer. Yeah. I just had a big old book of drawings and stuff. And everybody there had come out of Art Center. So it was, it was almost like College 2.0 um, and the same atmosphere and all that. That's fascinating, though. So you had you had just basically a completely traditional art background yes. and then not a lot of experience like with, the, you know, with pixel art or yeah, anything. No experience whatsoever. Wow. And so are you just like learning on the job how to do that, how to, to translate those skills? Yes. And how, was, how different is the, the pixel art implementation versus like drawing on a sketch pad? Or did they have what was effectively a tablet? No, no, no. At, at the beginning, it was all mouse. We had to draw every, everything in the internal. Well, we got a we got a tablet halfway through. Okay. And but it was almost useless because trying to draw you know pixel lines with a a tablet is almost as hard as drawing the mouse. Oh, I mean, interesting. Those really tiny, tiny right. pixel drawings. So how many like what do you have? Do you, do you remember pixel wise like what what your sprite size was back then? You have like a sixty four color palette on the Genesis. Yes, does that sound right? Yes, there was. I think there's two, you had two 16 color palettes for each character. Okay. And then you had two 16 color palettes for the background. And were you, what were you, what was your role primarily specifically on this game? I got, 
um, put on. So the you know what the first one, first Eternal Champions. Yes, the artwork was done by this guy Albert Coe, and I think he did like fifty percent of everything in that game. Good wow. Grief. And then I got put on the project and sort of just picked up things he didn't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Little explosions. But he, right. that guy was so amazingly talented and he kind of mentored me on all the animations and stuff. Um, and I, I became this, I worked on a couple, a one background. It didn't make it in and then it made it in in the second one. Uh, which, which stage is that? Which background? Uh, the circus one. Yeah. Oh, rad. Yeah. Wow. The, that so, one's very memorable. That's cool. Um, I can't believe people actually played this. Yeah, <laughs> the circus one has uh, in for the sudden death is the clown car. Yes, and the overkill is the cannon, right? The overkill is the lion. Oh right, oh right, right. Yeah. So there are the three background it's, animation murders. It's uh, the clown car is the cannon. Oh right, okay. Well, so up. some of it, you know, it's back in oh, my yeah. memory somewhere. Can we talk about that one specifically, real quick? Because I have it in my notes. It's my, it's my, maybe my favorite thing in the entire game. It's so insane. But so you're, you're on this, this, uh, the character I believe is Jetta, who has the, who is as the circus, uh, as, as her level. And we should also explain what an overkill and what, uh, uh, the vendetta. What are they? Sudden deaths. Yes, and there's there's also the Cinekill as yeah. well, which was yes. a Sega CD thing. They're all just basically different forms of fatality in more elaborate measure. Yes. Uh, but increasingly more elaborate versions of that. So uh, for what happens here, you see something shot out of a cannon in the background. You're kind of in a big top setup. And then in the foreground, a clown <laughs> car lands on the vanquished <laughs> opponent and squishes them into like just like a bloody mess. Yeah. And then my favorite detail is the clown, one of the clowns honks the horn after, like the old timey car horn and blood squirts out yeah. of it. Multiple, like for so long. It's, it's insane. like honk squash, honk squash, honk squash. Like it just keeps going. Right. Uh, were, was this, were you involved in this, this particular animation? Yes. That is definitely one of mine. <laughs> and I did have the horn honk was my idea. Oh my God. That one. <laughs> it's so funny that, that like the, you talked about the sliding doors aspect of your life where you almost became a mailman. And it's <laughs> you just being this, this, uh, the, uh, like the, the polite mailman with those thoughts just In confined to your brain. Well, did you guys, did you guys ever unlock the Senator? Yes. Yeah. So his, uh, vendetta, was he became a mailman? He went postal. You right. Guys that? Oh yeah. Right. I didn't even make that connection. Wait. So you programmed him to be a mailman because that was almost your life? No. 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 Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that that was a big thing right back then. In oh, the 90s for going the, the disgruntled postal worker. Right. Yeah. Right. There was even that game series postal that was that was a uh, you know based off of that sort of that. IRL trope, you I mean, guess. You mean the, the hit movie post? Well, it was later a, a, a You a Bull movie. How do you say Uva Bull? I don't know. It's later that guy's movie. Um, so <laughs> what was the development like on it? Like, was it a crazy grind? Was there, Were you guys crunching at all? Yeah, it got pretty, it got real intense. Um, but, I mean, I was young and I just wanted to do it back then. Right, right. So I was ready to work the hours that they needed us to. Um but it's it was a, a remarkably small team. Like I said, that Albert right. Coe did like fifty percent of the original, and for the second, he had left the company to start his own uh, studio, and it was Kronos, and they're actually the ones that did all the Cinekills. Okay, so he was going in the three D, um, and the rest of the develop uh, the rest of the team was I think we were about five. We were just five guys in a row. Holy cow! Uh, and it branched off over time, and we got we picked up a couple other people to do a few things on it. But for the most part, it was just five people that 
Can I ask that? One, like, pro, one programmer and four artists, and we tormented him. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So I don't know anything about programming. Uh, I, I, Eternal Champions uses extensive amounts of dithering. Now, when I see dithering on a screen, which for the home audience, that's like when you trick the uh, the monitor into displaying colors that aren't naturally displayed uh, on the monitor by combining them through sort of uh, compression. Um, but I don't know how, how does, do you have to do each dot yes. in dithering? Yes. You do? You just, yeah, you're just painting a checkerboard essentially. Oh my God. Wow. And it was, so on the computer, it's very dithered, but on the TVs, we sort of did it so that the colors would blend together yeah, a little yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, um, But yeah, now when you look at on the, the monitors, it's, it's, you can see just That's, all the. I thought there would be like a brush where it would be like, no, oh, no. this section is dithered. Yes. But you did it manually. Yeah. Each. Oh man, it was, it was all mouse artwork. It that took is, a that long is, that time. blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, because this game is extensively dithered and lush. Like right, all the, the palette you know. is great. I actually yeah. really like how the the I really like the colors in this game. It's like super duper colorful for a a fighter in a time when a lot of the games I feel like were they just they just felt a little bit more you know the that sort of lived in that brown and gray territory. Yeah. Um. So so how many like it sounds like the artists and animators when I worked in game development, uh, it was you know those were always kind of separate roles. It sounds like you guys were kind of all doing doing it all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had I mean we had guys who were specifically assigned to do uh, characters. And backgrounds, but that sort of broke out over time. Right. Like the first one, I think it was everybody had a hand in doing multiple things. And then we sort of had two guys, or one guy, I think, did the remaining backgrounds. And then Albert was gone. We had Steve Knotts, uh, David Russ, and our art director, I can't remember her name, did a character too. So it was, it was, and then I got stuck with all the, the overkills. Right. And, and picking up all the other stuff. I never got to do a character. But I did get to do one of the unlockable animals. Which one? The chicken. Crispy? <laughs> crispy, yes. I have, I have, wow. Oh, my God. Crispy. He's, Here has some uh, some pencil sketches. <laughs> oh, wow. my God. Right this is amazing. So that's Crispy doing a roundhouse. <laughs> this is so cool. This and is the greatest... This is like touching God. Yeah, it's unbelievable. That's incredible. We got it. We'll have to take some pictures of this so we can oh, put yeah. it on our social media. That's that's amazing. Crispy was great because his hitboxes were so small <laughs> that most of the other characters would whiff constantly. He was a real fun. Like once you unlocked him as a kid, I was like, "This is the best." I'm an invincible chicken. There's a there's a character in Tekken like who's the uh, the little dino that it's a similar sort of thing where it's just like impossible I don't play Tekken. I hate Tekken. Okay, I'm sorry for bringing it up. <laughs> but Servbot uh, in uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Marvel Capcom? Yes, yes. Yeah, same concept? Same sort of principle. Are you yeah. thinking of Gone? Yes, Gone, that's right. I don't play Tekken. All right, fine. We won't talk about Tekken anymore. Don't ever bring it up again. <laughs> you're, you're thinking of Gone from Tekken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, so, so you did the animations on the overkills. What? Uh, and these are extensive, lengthy, real-time pixel art animations. Yeah, they took a long time. Yeah. If I told you how we had to get the big blood splatter into the into the actual game. It was it was a huge process. Well, wow. tell me, tell me. <laughs> well, we did. So we had an animation program, uh, Deluxe Animator, mm -hmm. and you could just use the keys to flip through frames and and draw out your stuff and do the animation. But once you had that done, you had to kind of paste it all all together on one sheet, take it into another program, and there you had to make your sprites out of it. And so you had to cut all those up into eight eight by eight or eight by sixteen chunks. Um, and then 
using the arrow keys, sort of reposition them to make the larger images. Cause he couldn't do a giant spray. Okay. Right. And it, I mean, the blood, like, uh, I'm trying to think of the bloodier ones, but like when the guy gets impaled on the Washington monument, yes, huge blood splatter. Another out. of my favorites. <laughs> um, that thing like took a day to recreate, uh, just getting it out of the animation and into the game, all broken up and repasted together. Wow. So this was a labor of, Love. Yeah, you a- loved making these violent. <laughs> 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 and I don't know. I mentioned in the letter I sent you guys, I told you that the big thing was on the first one, we could not show blood. Right. There was no blood allowed. Yeah. It was it had to be brown or just, I think I had eyeballs popping out and a couple other disgusting things, but it was never over the top violent. Um, but the, the Senate hearings started. Yes. It was Night Trap and Mortal Kombat, and I thought there was another one, but I know they they got on the case for those because they were live action. I mean, it was rotoscope actors and then live motion video. Um, So we were, you know, everybody was scared to put blood in the games, Um, but then those games did very well. They sold (laughs) outsold everything else on the shelves, Um, and so it was actually. I think they started to loosen up a little bit, but one of the artists on our team, I did a. We we got there was the producer kind of came up with the ideas for the overkills, but uh, he sent them down and then we'd sort of do a mock up drawing. Wow! And so I think the first one that really broke out was uh, who I, it was the pirate girl. I can't remember her name, but oh, her, God. her overkill was the guy would get hit by a hook. Oh, oh yes, I know what you're talking what about. Was her name? It wasn't Rogue. What was her mi- name? I can't remember. It was. It's not. Hold on, I gotta have this up because I only have the. I only put all the characters Riptide? from the original. Riptide. Riptide. Yes, that's Riptide. right. I knew it started with an R, but I couldn't. But oh I my got, gosh! Handed that one off to one of the uh, character artists to to mock up the character in the correct position. Yeah. Uh, and he just went over the top. He just, <laughs> <laughs> he just made the guy explode in blood and was dripping onto the deck. And uh, everybody freaked out, and they were all coming by his desk to see this thing. And it, it was the highlight of the year. <laughs> um, and so the producer saw that and, and took it down to Sega, put it in as part of the presentation for the game to show the higher-ups. And uh, same reaction there. Everybody just went crazy. So when they came back from that thing, it just, it, that was it. As much blood as we could possibly get into the game That's had to amazing. go into the game. And this was Sega of America, correct? This is Sega of America, yes. Was there ever a um, chain of command where you guys had to answer to Sega of Japan, or was it an independent? Uh, I don't I don't think so. So we, our studio in Diamond Bar mm-hmm. was actually, started off as a different company. I can't remember what the original name was, but Sega bought us out in the process of the first Eternal Champion. Okay. And so we, we worked in this really dumpy studio that looked like a little motel or something from the outside, and it was just as crappy inside. Um, and then there was a beautiful studio up in Redwood City. We were not that one. <laughs> and I got a story to tell about that, too. Okay. If you want oh, to get please. To yeah, because please. I'll, you know, I'll, well, did we finish this one? The, the, the hook? So that, yeah, that, that yes. was it. That's what triggered off all the blood. That was yes. a guy named Steve Knotts did that. He was this, he was a pro football player for a little while before he became an, decided to become an artist. And There's a picture of him in Video Games Magazine. <laughs> wow. I, I had this Video Games Magazine, guys, <laughs> because there were very few places that you could go to get all of the um, like in, information yeah, about yeah. Uh, yes. uh, was uh, no, Eternal no, Champion. It was like EGM, Video Games Magazine, maybe um, Game Fans. So right. Something else that was different about making games back then, there was no internet. Yes. Yeah. We had no access to the internet. So. Yeah. If we wanted pictures or any kind of reference, we had to go to books or, or just go out into the world. 
Yeah. Yeah. But huh. so for you're, and you're talking about specifically like the development side, yeah. which is just yeah, like, yeah, now, now it's just like, okay, well, what does a pirate look like? I'll Google image search yeah, yeah, and a couple so of thousand options. You, but. Just, you can kind of just grab a picture off the internet, fudge a little bit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I remember it because, because, and I'll talk about my take on internal champions when it was out was it was just like a game I was fascinated by that I never got to get near because it was just like, it was first off, it was on a Sega system. Um, the Sega CD version, which was the more violent version, was I don't think I knew a single kid that had a Sega CD in my, you know. Yeah, nobody knew me. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had one, like, like I think as far as I, I had one friend that had a Saturn that was, and then a lot of friends that had Genesis, but no one who had a, an actual Sega CD add on uh, that I knew personally. You so I never had, got to play it. And, and also, you were a good boy. You stayed away from content like this, right? I would have, I would have loved to have played this. I would have one hundred percent snuck over to my friend's house and played this violent game. I should not have been playing, but I was like fascinated by it, thought, and I thought it was so cool. And then later in life, when I saw, I think it was a forum post that someone just collected all the gifts of the or, the overkills, and I just like look, remember just looking at that thread and just being obsessed with every single, like watching literally every single one of them, because it's just such an, a, a like a crazy over the top. Uh, a thing that's also so specific to this game. Yeah. Yeah, they were ridiculous. They're so ridiculous. <laughs> they look like, uh, did anyone else like draw like violent comics when they were like in high school or grade school or something? Like what, like you're plotting revenge? <laughs> you know what, I'm going to abandon this. <laughs> <laughs> They kind of have like a childlike joy of like there's so much glee in the violence, oh, yeah. you know, like oh, they're yeah. not they're yes. not. Yeah, like they're play, like when um when the guy burns at the stake. Yeah, he burns for a while. He screams. Then his eyes explode <laughs> from the heat. Yes. Then you see his like smoldering corpse, which I believe falls apart. And that was like, like each stage, like you're like, oh, he burns. And usually in a game, that's it. Yeah. But then when his eyes explode, you're like, oh, all bets are off. I don't <laughs> right. know where we're going. <laughs> um, the one that, one like that, that, that I responded to is on, and Larson's stage, which he's like this, this twenties gangster character <laughs> kind of looks like a, you know, inspector gadget in the hard R reboot. And he's, <laughs> the, so he's in front of a movie theater, the woman in the box office, there's, there's a couple of, 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 of deaths there, but there, there's one with the woman in the box office shatters the glass to her booth, bursts out of it. William is producing the the sketch of this uh, as I'm describing it. Um, shoots the shoots the your your rival with a revolver a couple of times, then takes out a shotgun and explodes their head. <laughs> it's like so like like already is dead, and so it's just like insult to injury. At and that this point. is the same stage where there's a drive by, like one of the yes. other overkills, or I don't know which one it is overkill or sudden death, where there's like a 1920s car that drives by and shoots you, and then drives by again and shoots you, and then oh, drives yeah. by again yeah. and shoots you. It just keeps going. It's so joyful. Yeah. Like the fatalities in Mortal Kombat would last like five, six seconds. And sometimes they'd just be like grisly. And yeah. it's just like, like this is just almost kind of upsetting because it's so gory. But here it's just like they're so gleeful that it's yeah. just, oh, you're basically skeletonizing a person with a Tommy gun. Yeah. It's, yeah. This is insane. Yeah. Yeah. The sound sound department had a lot to do with that, too. Right. There's some that I envisioned really gruesome in my mind. And then they put like rattling bone noises. Yeah. <laughs> 
this is great. He showed us the art for this. It's it's so incredible. They, we, we cut this one way short. She was supposed to get a grenade launcher <laughs> and then actually blow a pit into the street with it. With that, so that. Oh my God. <laughs> Did you at any point, did you or the other artists or the the programmer, did any of you look around and go like, are we considering our moral responsibility or was it just like, let's have fun? Like, what was your relationship to the Senate hearings and all that hysteria at the time? I... I mean, I, that pl- sort of played out in the background. I mean, that's why we put the senator in, our, senator in the game. Yes. A homage to that. Um, but I did have a moment, and that was um, – so this this kid, this is a little bit sad. Oh, no. Uh, he, had, he, he was terminal, and he made a wish to the Make-A-Wish Foundation – to go see where they make eternal champions. Wow. Wow. Um, so, and, and I felt bad because he burned his wish to come see me at work. <laughs> <laughs> Did you and just I, say he burned his wish? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. If, if, and the thing is, if he had gone to Sega in Redwood City, that would have been kind of awesome. Right. But he didn't. He went to our shitty motel Sega <laughs> oh my God. and just walked through there. But he, it was good. We put a, we made a poster of him. That you can unlock in the game. So his face oh, is, awesome. is mortalized in the game, and That's that was kind of cool. cool. Uh, but he came with his little brother and his mom and his dad, and they kind of wandered around the room as everybody was working to see what they're working on. And I I shied away from doing the gory stuff on that day while they were there. But his mom <laughs> came by with his brother, who was like six or eight, and... I, I kind of explained that what I'm working on is pretty gruesome. And then she encouraged me to just, it's okay, go ahead. And I just fired it off in front of this. When <laughs> 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 he laughed, he thought it was funny. But, That's awesome. Um, was, yeah, that was kind of, maybe questioned myself a little bit. <laughs> I don't know, it sounds like he loved it. That's I, awesome. And I, I think on the flip side, the, the worst thing that happened to me was um, uh I got married in the process of this uh, to a beautiful woman. I'll have to say that because she's going to listen to this. <laughs> um, her name is also Heather. Oh, hey. Wow. And the other thing you guys have in common is me and my kids call her F-bomb mom. <laughs> wait. Wait, because I swear a lot? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you get a mouth like a sailor. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got back from my honeymoon and I was, you know, uh, a newlywed, and I was just all blissed out. We'd stayed in Big Sur, great mood, couldn't be happier. And I come back, and on my desk, on my keyboard, somebody has printed out a picture of some guy who's blown his head off. Oh my God. Jesus. Just like laying in the couch with shotgun in his lap, exploded head. And then you could see stuff on the couch too, hair and deep bits and oh stuff. My God. This is like and a police photo or something. Yeah, it's rumored Jesus. to be his picture of Kurt Cobain because it was oh. right at that time. Oh my God! And it was it was it, it just, my whole honeymoon feeling came crashing <laughs> down oh in that God. moment. Man. And yeah, took that thing to the trash. Was it that's so nice? Was it a prank or was it like a visual oh, reference? Like, hey, when when that got, girl it got, shoots, it got that... pr- no, it got pretty wild. Oh, we had, okay, they we were they're bringing in the ultimate fighting or not ultimate fighting. What is it? Faces it was called of death. So, no, it was called something different back then. Okay. It was before ultimate fighting, but those early fights, they hmm. would just show those nonstop in the studio. Hardcore, like hardcore wrestling matches with like nails and stuff. Not or? that. No, no, this was the real stuff. It was the precursor to ultimate fighting. I okay. think it just had a different name, but that's back when they. Like the martial art, they they would mix up the martial art styles. There was no real 
right, f- right. figured out style. And the, it, MMA hadn't been so they hadn't decided that like a combo of, you know, jujitsu and, yeah. and striking is like the, the ideal. So it really was like Street Fighter. It really was like Street Fighter 2, the World Warrior, where you just see like a guy in a karate gi versus like a boxer with gloves. And it's yeah. just like so weird. Well, well, I could not watch those. Yeah. What are just... One of the most incredible things about this game is that each character has a very, very specific and kind of authentic fighting style. Yeah. Yes. Like you have like Jute King Do and like mixed karate types. All I do. I do love. And uh, because it's just like a detail of just just kind of speaks to the general insanity of this game where there's things like. There's just these wild anachronisms like Trident is from 110 BC, but his martial art is Capoeira, which wasn't invented until the 16th century. So it's just like there's no, they're not trying to justify it at all. It's yeah. just sort of like, yeah, whatever. I think for Trident, I think as a promotion, I want to say it was Arsenio Hall that they actually had him demonstrate the Capoeira and play it on his show because they had released that. There was another Sega device where it sat the on the floor. Activator. And if you, the activator, yes. yes activator. The activator. I think they had him de- uh, demonstrate the activator That's on TV. That's crazy. So I never saw it, though. I never got to see the footage. We'll the, try to, we'll see if we can track down that clip. The activator had instructions in the manual. Like, this was one of, I think, three or four games that was like the flagship activator yes. game. Yeah, there weren't a lot of them with native support. And right. this was one that had that. Were, did you, were you at all involved in the activator side of development or was your team involved with that? No, there was, uh, in fact, I don't even remember seeing one. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know they developed one. <laughs> so many had, kids like got this for Christmas of like, they made this for the activator. <laughs> so they did, they flew out um, three testers, one yeah. associate producer and three testers. And those guys had, they put them up in a motel room for a year and they just oh played this God. game to test it. So they were like at a super eight, just playing the, That's the activator. That's all they did. They played the crappiest versions of this game. Those for guys a year. were ripped yeah. at the end. <laughs> Do you know what sanitarium they're living in now? <laughs> That's crazy. So the so the Sega CD one. Did you guys roll right into development on the Sega CD game right after the Genesis one? Yes, because I don't. I I can't. It's twenty five years ago. Yeah, but. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> But it, I don't remember working on anything in between it. So I'm pretty sure they they backed them, back, stacked them right back to back. Um, well, let's get some more details about the game out. So it was, as I mentioned, developed and published by Sega originally for Genesis in 1993. Uh, games of 93, Link's Awakening, Myst, Doom, Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, it was a, and this is an aspect of it that we that we haven't quite, you touched on it a little bit, Heather, but this was a rare, at the time, direct-to-console fighting game. Because back then, pretty much everything was in the arcade first, and then it got ported. But this one was made specifically for the Genesis and the Sega CD. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so that was kind of novel about it. Can I also just say like, like uh, the soundtrack to this game, especially the, the red book audio on the Sega CD, in my opinion, fucking rips. Yeah. There's just some great tracks do we here. Have a, do we have a queued up sample? Yeah. Do you, which one do you want? Play uh, play a little, just like the menu select screen. Okay. I here, like this one a lot. Here we go. Oh, this is great. This will put you in the mood to, to have a pit a 1920s gangster against a pirate. <laughs> Try to kill a merman with a future cyborg. I think I think it was experiences like this menu music that made it so that I was disappointed when games went into like vocals. Yes, right. Like and their menu selects like Street Fighter 3 had like a rap 
that went under it, and then yes. Marvel Capcom had Take Me for Gonna a Ride. Gonna take you for a ride. Gonna take you for a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I had a I, when I got that game, I was in college, and I had a friend who like that what got to that screen and was like, "Gonna take you for a ride," and he was being like, "Fuck no!" Like <laughs> bail on the game <laughs> at that point. <laughs> um, and, and do you have, and also the the stage music? I think in the other one for uh, for the caveman character for Slash, yeah, which I, which I think is really good. He's basically like a caveman Blanca. Here we go. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is just like Prime Slayer right here. Like, this is a great track to fight somebody to. I know. <laughs> like, I did as a child. <laughs> I fought to this music. Um, was the uh, William was the was the composer uh, what, part of your team? Do you have any idea where th- the music came from? I think so. I don't remember the the music department was sort of separate. We had oh, one at our studio, they, I, but I, and I think it came from our studio. Uh, and it was a guy named Tristan. I can't remember his last name. Okay. Yeah, there's always thumping over there. Now, I'd like to point out some uh, some things about the plot of this game, because this was a story-heavy fighting game. I don't know game. the plot. <laughs> <laughs> Re- <laughs> well... <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about Eternal Champions. Um, So this game was like story forward. Like each character had a very, very thick backstory. And there was like a a guy called the Eternal Champion. He rescues people from throughout time right before they are going to be killed. And they could have brought world peace. Yes. So like the first guy he brings is Slash, who's the caveman. Mm -hmm. And he does it by like Slash is like progressive for a caveman. He's too smart. He's too smart. And they're going to stone him, I think. Yeah. And they're going to stone him in a pit. And the eternal champion sucks him out at that, at that moment, right to save his life. And then you go to, I think, Atlantis. Yes. And you get Trident, who was a warrior who was in a battle for the fate of Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Also about to get stoned in a pit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're, they're just all about to die the same way. But but then you skip to 1692. Yes. Like, there's a huge leap. Gigantic. 50,000 BC to 100 BC to the to 1692, the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, and everybody from that point forward is post-1692, and some of them are, like, within, like, 10, 15, 20 years of each other. It starts to feel like most of them are from the future, yeah. which is also a thing. Like, okay, you're just in, in, inventing this uh, this this imagined cybernetic world. Uh, so, uh, but you mentioned Slash. The This is my favorite, because, like, the manual has all this awesome character lore. It has so much stuff. I don't know if you have that thing, that section about Blade you found, yeah. which is great. Uh, but I, I just like this. This is under a, a facts about Slash. Full name, Slash. <laughs> Occupation, prehistoric hunter. Time period, 50,000 BC. Fighting style, pain. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also, I'd love to read, uh, th- so Jonathan Blade is one of the characters who yes. looks suspiciously like Blade, but I won't give you guys any grief about it. <laughs> Uh, Blade, the comic book character. So he's from 2030 AD and he knows Kenpo. But the um, bio for him is a little bit like uh, forward thinking. So Blade was born in Syria uh, and was dedicated in the extreme. He had one small problem, his temper. After thrashing an innocent suspect in New Chicago nearly to death, he returned to Syria to become a bounty hunter. His final case dealt with a rogue scientist who was threatening to release a deadly virus unless the Syrian government stopped all bio research. So this takes place in 2030, so it kind of almost tracks. Yes. (laughs) This will be a true story. 
<laughs> like, like serious in like a bit of a state, a, a, a stage of upheaval right now, and like yes. the political climate. And it, this is ten years from now, so like it. it and Blade is very real. Yeah, <laughs> Blade's a real guy. I've met him. Uh, so as long as Chicago becomes new Chicago <laughs> within the next five years, and this is all true. Uh, so uh, <laughs> this was a it's true all true. Story. It was a true story that happened. Um, also, too, like the the I feel like the single player difficulty, and this could be me being a noob, oh, no, no. is pretty. It's pretty high. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Were you involved? Like the why was it? Do you know why the difficulty was ratcheted up so intensely? Probably because I didn't speak up and play. <laughs> Everybody sat around playing the game all the time. Yeah. I told you I sucked at it. Um, so I, I immediately just got frustrated and would not play my teammates. Uh, so, so yeah, they just were all really good. Wow. And I mean, they had, they had guys that were excellent playing it, playing it. And, uh, I think they set the difficulty in my opinion, way too high. Also, it was extremely difficult. Yeah. I got, I, after, uh, they, they shut down the studio and I was out of work. And so I had to put together my reel and I was trying to trigger off all the overheels and stuff so I could record them for my reel. I was so mad at this game. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, some of them were almost pixel specific. Yeah. Like you have to line them up right at this place in order to toss them into a fan or like it was it was it's difficult. Um, a couple more, a, a couple more ones. Overkills uh, slash um, sudden deaths that I don't, I don't think we've touched on. Uh, there's a the the uh, guy getting torched with napalm from a helicopter, which is pretty grim. Yeah, I like the impaled by fish one. Yes, where, <laughs> where a, a, your a character gets like a, a different species of of sea creatures through their stomach, through their chest, and then through their head, and their skull splits in oh, half. He does the brain swallow, doesn't he? I yes, yeah. Yeah, it's um, so it's so gnarly. That one doesn't work the same on all characters because they're different heights. So some mm. of them get the fish in the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite, like I mean, not my favorite favorite, but one of my favorites is the one where robots kill you and then kind of clean you up. Yes, you get like swept into a dustpan. <laughs> yeah, but they don't get all the bits. No, so there's like an intestine and like a lung left. Well, that's, so they ha- after the first one. Um, we, they, the overkills stayed, right? They, we had the overkills and then the sudden death sort of thing they added. But the overkills, they wanted more blood into that. Like mm-hmm. They wanted to go back and just bloodify all those. So I had a generic pack of innards that we would just throw out on every one of those. And I think, yeah, on that guy's uh, overkill, we just – what happened? He just exploded and I think we just threw him from the ceiling? I, 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 I <laughs> thought there was like a robot – I don't know. There's – there's so many. Yes. There's so many. There's, there is a robot involved. There's like a little orb. Who, yeah. And, and then he he scoops you up into something and, yeah. and ushers you away. Uh, your remains. And then there's also the one where you're dissolved by Nickelodeon Gak. Like they just like, <laughs> there's green goo that falls from the ceiling and then just like, and it's really grisly. How yeah. He, he gets up, like you get, you get slimed and then you get up screaming. Yeah. You're alive and skinless. <laughs> wow. Oh my so that God. Was more, total, I just kept more concept art here. Um, Robocop. The guy yes. got stuck yeah. in the goo and then he got hit by the car. I want to do that so bad. That was the that was the number one scariest thing I think I saw <laughs> as a child was the guy gets uh it's n- nuclear waste, yeah. right? Yeah. And it spills on him and then he gets hit by a car and explodes onto the windshield. And this was this I it ruined me. <laughs> so that's why you, you are as you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's the kindergarten horror movies. That oh, okay, that's what did it. <laughs> Thank you.
involved were were you guys in the spinoffs in the Game Gear uh, spinoff and the um, uh, and forgive me if you weren't involved at all. And there was like a yeah yeah. So was this like I don't think they built the I don't even think they made the Game Gear at our studio. I think they put that one out someplace else. Oh, so these are, they just took the property and outsourced yeah. it. Got it. Gotcha. Uh, and how? And I'm glad because I got my start doing Game Gear games. Yes, and I never. Again. Which, oh really? Which, which David game Robinson games? basketball? Wow! Which I had to make. You got you, your your characters were eight pixels tall, and you had to do people slam dunking with. God, with that. that's it tough. Was, uh, yeah, that was not that was not as much fun. Yeah, wow. that's that seems like a challenge. Um, so uh, so you worked on the you worked on the Game Gear. You transitioned to the Genesis and Sega CD. Um, and, and let's uh, let's talk about the 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 pit, which is one of the overkills or sudden deaths that we haven't touched on yet. This is perhaps the most over the top thing, and it's just I think we should just tether. You suggested we just play this, yeah. I so we get a sense of how long it is. Yeah, I'd love the audience <laughs> to hear. Like you you finally achieve the satisfying victory of knocking somebody into this pit. And this is how long the fatality effectively lasts for. Okay, we're starting it now. So, character, I think this is Rax or R-A-X is falling down. He's getting buzzsawed into pieces. So now he's like a fleshy corpse with a head that's falling independently of him. Yes. He's still falling down the same pit. Goes through another phalanx of uh, of slicing weapons. Now he's a head, guts, and an arm. Just one arm. Lushly animated. Yeah. Still falling. Goes through more blades. <laughs> and then just a skull comes. And then hits the ground and explodes <laughs> over just a sewer grate. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yeah, but how? That's like it's like thirty seconds. It's so long. Yeah, and then add on top of that too. There's like a thirty second load time from the CD every time you trigger off one of these. Right. Things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I was really unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Those single speed CDs, they can uh, they can take a. Uh, they really slowed down gameplay in but, those early days. But as a kid, when you'd hear it, like when suddenly everything would stop and you'd hear it start spinning, you'd be like, I did it. I did it. I did it. And yeah. You'd have like a moment of joy before you got to digest the the animation sequence. Um, before we uh, before we get to our final thoughts, before we get to our review crew, is there anything else that uh, that anyone would like to add on this game? We'll have, we'll have some more time too. Um, so can we talk about those, the, the unlockable characters? Can we talk about, yes. uh, see, there was a chicken, a snake, a monkey, and a little tiny, tiny dog. Was there a dog? There was a little, little tiny dog. Uh, so you, and an owl. There was an owl. Yes. And the owl. Your, the owl looks very, um, Don Bluth. Uh, very like secretive Nim almost. Yeah. Um, how many of those, so you've got art here for two of them. How many of them were yours? I did the chicken. The, the owl came into play because in fact, I think this is how all the unlockable characters got created. Um, there, after the first one, there was a rumor that the owl in the back of Xavier's background could be triggered off. Oh, wow. Do an overkill. Oh, wow. And so, I mean, it was, it was such a cool idea that we wanted to do, or we wished we had done it. Um, so they, they did it. They made it a playable character. They unlocked it. It was going to be a, at first it was going to be a, just another overkill. Um, and that's what this was for. Oh, so was, this is art for an unreleased overkill? Yeah. It oh. was, um, 
So if you, I mean, if you look at that background and you actually brought that tree to the foreground, that owl would be huge. Right. So the idea was that this little owl in the background <laughs> would fly forward and he would be so big that he would basically block the player when he got in front of him and then just eat him and spin around his head to show you that he's eating, doing a good job eating him. That's incredible. Oh, an owl like the size of a griffin, like just like a gigantic <laughs> yes. beast. That's incredible. That's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, were there any others that were, that were cut that you didn't get to do that you wish you could have done? Um, no, I, we, uh, so most of them came down yes. from uh, the producer who was up at Redwood. Got it. Like the main guy. And I think he came up with the initial ideas, sent them down to us. And then we just worked worked off of those. So they were always something that was going to make it into it. Oh, there was one that got cut. Yeah. Um, and it was Tridents because it just didn't work. You were supposed to phase out, like you phase the guy out and then you phase him back on a statue and they explode. And it, there was no way to show that with dithered pixels. So just, wait, hold it. So like the yeah, Philadelphia I, experiment? having trouble following the logic of this. <laughs> yeah, like you, I, you're supposed to, I think you're supposed to, like it was going to suck you up. Okay. okay. Phase you up somewhere. But in the process, the beam got bumped and sort of moved you into a statue. Oh, God. And then your half-phased self exploded mm. over the statue kind of kind of a time cop sort of thing just yes. teleported to the wrong place or emerging with matter that should not be there i you know what that's that's a little too heady for me give me a clown car crushing a guy from a great height and then spitting this blood out of the horn uh well let's get to our uh, let's get to our review crew Uh, so we're each going to say something positive, but but William, since you're here and you worked on this game, we're going to give the uh, we're going to give the the task of assigning this a numerical decimal rating to you. You are going to give the final verdict on this game. Uh, my positive thing, uh, I already touched on the the lore and uh, the music. I am going to say that the there is just so much text in the, the opening <laughs> scroll and they're just like they're like quotes from like all these philosophers or like it's just like it's so dense and I love that they're just presenting like an audience of largely like teen and tween boys with uh, you know quotes by like uh, uh, you know a bunch of uh, a bunch of philosophers um, and mystics and stuff I love that I also love that there's a character who is a uh, who is a warlock or I'm sorry who's an alchemist who's mistaken for a warlock uh, just <laughs> just all just the details are just the world building is great. Um, it's bananas. It's 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 a lot of fun. Uh, Heather, you played this game as a kid. Uh, what did you think? Well, what's your positive thing? I mean, there's so many positives that I have for Eternal Champions. Uh, one of my favorite elements of the game is the character Midnight, uh, who is not a vampire but creates a virus that makes him effectively a vampire. <laughs> yes, and that's one of my favorite kinds of sci-fi when it's like, how can we? All right, vampires can't exist, but if there was a virus that made you in a vampire, then it could exist. I love, <laughs> and this is in a in a in a game where there's like magic, so that he could have just been a vampire. Yeah, like he could have just been a vampire. Everyone would have bought it. Um, but no, he was a he was scientifically so that you could argue on the on the on the playground like right. You can justify why the logic's vampires there. Vampires could exist. <laughs> so he was actually the only character that our female art director created. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's amazing. <laughs> I felt a connection through time. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, I mean, there's too much 
there's too many positive things to say about this game. I also want to point out that the um, the box art on the Sega CD version was excellent. It's very cool. It's very classy. Very cool. So there was there's a story behind that. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, Albert Coe, the guy that I told you mm-hmm. did like 50% of the artwork in the original one, actually got to work on a concept up for the cover, and he was going to get the jaw or he got the paint day version of it, but they also had th- two other artists paint versions of it as well, and then they chose between the three. So his didn't get picked, but it was, I think her name's Julie Bell. She's Boris Vallejo's wife. Okay. Got the final version. Anyway, that's the big story. So I I chose the two things made by women uh, unknowingly. Wow. Yes. That's (laughs) fucked. (laughs) Uh, Here's just a little- The first version of that one had the most hideous looking face on- uh, Slash. It, it, <laughs> oh, really? I don't, there was this beautiful rendering, and then she just went in there with crayons to draw this face. And it got <laughs> sent back, and now it looks great. But, oh, God, that first version. That's he he, he kind of looks like a Batista with a Harry Knowles head on him. <laughs> it's, like, it's a really crazy-looking character. Uh, by the way, I, I should have screencapped this earlier, but the I have like just a little section of the opening crawl. Um, Darkness enters. The secret sits. We dance around in a ring and suppose, but the secret sits in the middle and knows. Robert Frost. (laughs) 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 All right. All right, Apodaca, your positive thing. I was going to call out Midnight as well. Midnight is a very, very cool character. Just the idea. Like, I just, I love that. Uh, We touched on a bunch of the stuff, obviously the music and like the, you called it out earlier, Nick, but the... The use of color in this game is unbelievable. Yeah. Like it's like a lot of the games at the time, especially very sort of like more bland colors. This has like a very bright color scale. And it's very very interesting. Um, I also just appreciate the idea of an overkill because obviously fatalities are meant to be uh, sort of like shocking and uh, like horrific, but overkills are that. But they're also like punchlines, sort of. So it's just like as, as like a joke fan. Yeah, I just like like the idea of watching a joke happen. You're like, a, you're a fan of jokes. Yeah, <laughs> I've been known to titter at a at a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I just think the over I, the fatality is not funny. Overkill's very funny. Yes. Does that make yes. sense? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, William. Um, uh, the, give us your give us your overall summation here, and uh, and go ahead and give this give your own game a numerical score. I didn't play it enough. Right. Which is usually the case on the games I work uh, on the games I work on. Um, but I had a blast working on it. This might have been the most fun I've ever had working on a game. Um, the only downside is when we were all done, we got a $300 bonus. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, Jesus. That's grim. That's rough. That's darker than any of the overkills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but adjusted for inflation, that's like $450. <laughs> you could almost buy a Sega CD to play the game on. <laughs> Uh, but what, what would you? What, how would you? If you're trying your best to be objective, what would be your your score? You would give this game your numerical numerical I'd score. I'd give it um, an eight. An eight point oh. All right. Eight point oh. Very good. I'm Very pretty, good. I'm proud of it. It's the one that people have uh, during my career. It's the one that I think most people have played. Yeah, and I think it's also too. It's like those. Uh, I I just see those overkills posted all the time in various contexts, and I think that's a thing that's definitely endured from you know a lot of games from the '90s don't have anything memorable about them, and this is one that 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 element is definitely stuck around in people's heads. Um, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, eight. Uh, 
Eight out of eight point out of one million. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, those were our opinions, but maybe we're wrong, Heather. Yeah, maybe we're wrong. So we've got some other reviews. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. got a GameSpot user review from Sinistra, sorry, Sinistra 45, as I think I pronounce it. Sick fatalities. Well, when this game came out, I was excited as hell. I was heavy into the fighting genre, especially those that had fatalities. I like to see if I could figure out how to perform these moves so I could watch the other character get fucked up and writhe in pain. <laughs> I enjoyed Eternal Champions because of the fantastic ways the characters would meet their demise. I destroyed numerous Sega six-button Genesis controllers out of frustration as I tried to find them all. When I did, I made a rudimentary VHS of all the death moves spliced together. Because I was somewhat inquisitive, I took apart my stereo and VCR and spliced a completely unsound patch between the stereo and VCR. By doing so, I could overwrite the audio on the VCR with what I was playing on my stereo. My finished product was the seven-and-a-half-minute video of Eternal Champion's death sequences being performed to a soundtrack of Bone Thugs and Harmony's E-1999 <laughs> Eternal, 7.5 out of 10. <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you upload that montage if you haven't, Sinistra. Uh, I think a lot of people would like to see that. Uh, I've, got, I, I've got just um, a reading here from uh, Eternal Champion's Eternal Roommates, Chapter 4, which is a softcore pornography <laughs> starring... Midnight, Shadow, and other characters. You're so sexy when you're angry, Mitchell purred. Mitchell Middleton Knight. Mitchell, I'm serious, I snapped. He sat up and wrapped his arms around my waist, pulling me closer to his body. Hmm. I assure you, I don't see you as property. It's a mark of love. You are my queen, and every immortal and other supernatural beings know now, if they so much as touch you, they will meet a horrible... Gore-filled death. (laughs) He nibbled on my ears and neck, sending chills down my spine. That is again from Eternal Champions, Eternal Roommates, Chapter 4 by Hime Girl 15. Wow. Uh, I've got a game. Published published in 2016. (laughs) Uh, Here's a GameSpot user review by Zerkir. Uh, oh my god, the blood, it's everywhere. Oorg, oomph, harder, more. Seriously, I can't even remember how long it was and how young I was when I played this game my first time. But I remember exactly what feelings I had playing Eternal Champions. Terror, agony, aggression, malicious joy, pleasure, fun, exhaustion. I haven't played it for years, so I'll keep my review short. But for such an old game, it has some really cool characters, entertaining moves and fighting. Nice and interactive levels. You can kick your adversary into some rotating ventilation shaft in the background, which would turn him into flesh and bones. Or my favorite was punching the fool into some campfire in the background, hearing him scream like hell for a time while your character continues executing his winner pose. The fatalities were absolutely gory and fun. At that age, I was shocked and fascinated at the same time, grinning hatefully. 9.4 out of 10. (laughs) I could read... This quote from SSJ Grim Reaper, which just simply says Eternal Champions is the best fighting game, period, the end. Wow. But instead, I would like to go back to the end Mm. of (laughs) Eternal (laughs) (laughs) Champions. Larson would be creeped out, but he was so used to Mitchell, he wasn't so shocked anymore. 
The doorbell rang. The pizza had come, and Yuka, a short Japanese ex-racer, scrambled at the door to open it. After receiving and paying for the pizza, she closed the door and placed the sodas and four boxes of pizza on the table. Dinner's here, she excitedly chirped, <laughs> to be continued. Oh, my God. Uh, William, I have to ask you, since you're here, uh, is this canon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was uh, maybe we're wrong. It's time for the question block. All right. This one is from uh, Jordan Lucas on Instagram. Uh, every fighter usually has their own stage. What does yours look like? So, like, for us. Ooh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if we're talking about my real-life environment where I actually spend my time, it would be uh, just a room with a desk and nothing on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say... I would say I would I, I would choose something themed in. Uh, I spend a lot of time at restaurants. I think I would like some something akin to the senator stage. He's in front of a fast food burger joint. I'd like to be inside like a pizza parlor or a bustling fast food restaurant where patrons are eating in the background. Wow, um, Heather, anything come to mind? Yeah, so I uh, box every morning at uh, Freddie Roach's gym. Wild a regular card. Balrog. I'm a I'm a Balrog. Uh, or, or boxer because their names switch. So I don't want mm, anybody. Right. Who's, anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so alone, <laughs> uh, but I feel like I would, I, that would be my, the background would be the wild card gym. Oh, that's cool. Uh, my coach, uh, Eddie Hernandez would be in like, he'd have like a move cycle of like, you know, pumping his fists, but I would automatically start the round with only one punch left. <laughs> so I feel like if I took a real punch from anybody, I'd immediately lose. <laughs> uh, Matt, you have, you have an idea for a stage for yourself? Yeah. Uh, so I, I love skateboarding games and I'm a big fan of skateboarding. I don't really do it myself, but I feel like the background would be a bunch of skateboarders just like going in half pipes and doing like pools and stuff. And then they would get out and then meet, beat the shit. Out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, William, you, uh, you worked on these games. Did you ever give thought about putting yourself into them? And if so, uh, what, what, your character might be, what your stage might be. It's okay if you didn't. Uh, Never once. (laughs) (laughs) I made the overkills. I don't want to be in there. (laughs) (laughs) Great. All right, Matt, what's our next question? Okay, this one is from uh, at Dad Loves Nachos on Twitter. Who's on your mount? Fight more. Ooh. Fighting game characters, I assume? Yeah. Boy. Mount Fightmore. That's a great concept. It's a very yeah. good question. I am going to say Jigglypuff from Smash Brothers. Wow. Wow. Um, I am going to include, boy, you know what? I have a soft spot for, he's not, it wouldn't be my Street Fighter main anymore, but Street Fighter 2 back in the day, uh, talking about pre, uh, pre-Super pre Street Fighter, pre-Turbo uh, Edition even, Guile was my guy. Wow. Guile was a little, I know a little OP in the original. So maybe I was cheesing it, but um, <laughs> I, I think I'd say I think it's a Jigglypuff, Guile, uh, boy. Who else would I throw in there? Um, I do like Akuma a lot, but I don't feel like I don't want to throw in another Street Fighter character. You know what? I'm gonna throw in Gone from Tekken <laughs> just, to, just to piss off Campbell. <laughs> uh, and then I'll I'll end with the. Um, uh, 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 I can, can I'm blanking on the character name right now, but the uh, the drunken master from Virtua Fighter. Uh, all right, Heather, anything come to mind for you? I was going to put the drunken master from Virtua Fighter on my. On wow. My, yeah, definitely. Uh, Akuma uh, from uh, Street Fighter Alpha Two and Beyond. Nice. I guess he was also in Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. Yeah. As like a hidden character. Man, they're gonna. 
fucking crucify me for forgetting that shit for like even for a sentence. For a sentence. Uh, okay, so I've got Drunken Fighter, Akuma. Hmm. I got to put Ryu on um, because it's Ryu. Right. It's fucking Ryu. You got to put Ryu on. got to put Ryu on. Yeah, you got to put Ryu. And then my favorite Marvel versus Capcom 2 fighter. Uh, oh, I could put somebody from rival schools on there. Oh, that would be really cool. That would be hype. But, you know, that's just like being that's like being like, I'm in the vinyl. Right. Um, yeah, it's like throwing an SNK character yeah. on there. <laughs> Stop trying so hard. Um, I'm going to put I'm going to put on. OK, I'm going to put Mega Man from uh from Marvel versus Capcom 2. Oh, yeah. Because when he would, like, do his special move, he'd, like, do, like, a fist pump. Yes. And I, really, that was cheerful. So fun. I loved it. Um, I always like Tron Bond from, from Marvel Capcom 2. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I, I know, William, it, it, say, it seems like you don't play the games you work on. Do you play fighting games at all? I only played Street Fighter up until I worked on this one. Right. And, and then that was it. After that, you kind I of been I, it? I thought I was good at Street Fighter. And then I got on the team and... I was not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a real rude awakening when you'd, like, go after – for me, I just remember playing against the AI on uh, at, at, at home on Super Nintendo and thinking I was hot shit and then going to the arcade and just getting just destroyed. I was legit good. Yeah, I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> I was fucking pretty good for, like, a little kid. <laughs> uh, my Mount Fightmore is M. Bison, DK from uh, Smash Brothers. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, King from Tekken and Baraka from Mortal Kombat. Um, oh, okay. Brock is a good pick. Brock rules. Oh yeah, he's got man. Some... Those are good. We're good people. Yeah, we're really, really good. <laughs> <laughs> we're so good. Um, okay, let's go to uh, at uh, A W N or A W North Street on Twitter says, uh, "Do you find explicit gore more effective, or does letting your imagination fill in the gaps make for a stronger reaction?" Hmm. <sighs> I, you know what? I'm going to say that in terms of these these specific kinds of gore, yeah, like this, like Splatterhouse, that old Sega Genesis right. game, like I find that the detail in the sprite work is better than my imagination. Yes, like it's if you had Super Nintendo Mortal Kombat versus Genesis Mortal Kombat, and you have blood in one, and like I think it was vomit colored piss. I don't remember. Like was it was it gray or yellow? In in the Mortal Kombat Super Nintendo, yo, it looked like sweat. Yeah, I think that was how it was supposed to be justified. Yeah, and it was it was boring. Yeah. You could imagine it being blood, but it wasn't as fun. So I'm gonna say, not don't leave anything up to the imagination. Right. I want to see it all. <laughs> uh, I, I agree with Heather William. In 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 your career since you worked on the Eternal Champions game, have you worked on anything that's that's also you know similarly bloody and gory? Nope. Not a single thing. Wow. Nope. Um, how do you feel about, uh, uh, you know, as a guy, do you have a family? How do you feel about blood and gore in games in, as they currently exist? I, I mean, I've been keeping stuff from my kids. Right. I I, for some reason, my mom let me go see all these movies when I was a kid. Like, I was 12 years old. Yeah. And going to see Halloween and Dawn of the Dead. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't know how I got her to do that. She's the sweetest lady. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it obviously didn't have an effect on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I think. I mean, I they, I saw the current Mortal Kombat ones, and those were, I don't know, they didn't seem as fun. Sure, <laughs> yeah. they, lacked, they lacked something fun in there when it's just that kind of gratuitous. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 just being like just like the the over the top 
so. nature of it, I think, is is just part of what what makes it seem more harmless. Yeah. Um, uh, Matt, do we have one more question? I got one right here. Yeah. Okay, this great. is from at Dirty Doombot on Instagram. I will never forget the Mortal Kombat blood code. A B A C A B B. Are there old codes you can't forget? I think we all know up, up, down, down, yes. left, right, left, right, B, A. And if you're playing two players, select start. Yeah. Uh, that's the Contra slash Konami code. The one I remember is what you would use to be uh, to become super powered and have everything in Metroid and also be Samus without a suit. Uh, Justin Bailey and then a bunch of dashes, a line of dashes. That's wow. the one that sticks to mind. I remember the one for... Um, I think it's for a bunch of uh, Grand Theft Auto games, but specifically for Grand Theft Auto 3, R2, R2, L1, R2, left, down, right, up, left, oh, down, yes. right, up, gets you all the weapons. You yeah. know, also the the Doom ones, I remember they were just like, I'm trying to remember what exactly they, were they the original ones. they command line codes? Yeah, they were like command line ones that you would use, and there was like a, oh, there was one that was like, um, not not the BFG, that was what the gun was. And obviously I don't remember it. But <laughs> but at the time I remember I had it baked in my head because like if you wanted to cheat and doom, I'd just instantly type all that shit in. I'm wondering if I can I can dig them up. Uh Ed, William, was any any cheat code I mean, were you a – did you ever use cheat you must have used cheat codes at some point in your gaming career? I did, yeah, lots of them. But yeah, I, n- I don't remember them. Right. I don't remember any. In fact, I rem- I remember the first time I was turned on to the whole concept of uh cheat codes in Mario. And found out you can go into the special zones that launch forwards or oh yes yeah. oh yes yeah sort of like <laughs> visual cheat codes yeah right there's a there's a debug mode present in the Sega CD version of Eternal Champions that you input on the second controller that lets you like unlock unlockable characters and uh, you know all that shit. Um, but I couldn't, I, I mean, you could put a gun to my head <laughs> and I couldn't remember it. Uh, I, I looked it up and this is, and it, it like flashed in my head when I, the, the Doom 1993, the original cheat code for all keys and weapons, command line, uh, IDKFA. Yeah. Yeah. So it, wow. I, I remember typing that like about a, a thousand times. <laughs> um, if you have a question uh, for us, for uh, us to tackle here in the question block, at HDTGPpod. Yes. Right? That's it? Yeah, yeah, you got it. HDTGPpod. Can you just be the person who says that? It's too hard. <laughs> no, I like watching <laughs> <laughs> William Keir, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for bringing these sketches, this, this uh, uh, all your inf- uh, collected information. We touch on bad games and we touch on weird games here, and I like when we're uh, we get to live with a weird game like this one, one that's just got such unique out because this is actually like fun to play. Yeah, and it, and it's just like a so I, I don't know. I'm 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 glad that I think this one, like we were saying earlier, endures in the in the collective consciousness uh, of gamers everywhere. Uh, Heather, any thoughts from you? Yeah, I mean, any game that's still got horny fanfic being written about it in 2016, <laughs> like that's a hit. Yeah, and, right. And and they in their seduction language, brought up how good your overkills were. <laughs> uh, William, any, uh, would you, is there anything you'd like to plug? Do you have a social media, any games you're working on you'd like to shout out? Uh, nope, not at the moment. Bard's Tales, the last game I released. Awesome. Play that, people, please. Okay. Um, and then I want to say, hey, thank you so much for having me on. This has been truly amazing. And uh, I've listened to every one of your shows. Oh, oh God bless you. Oh, thank from you. The, from the start. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Sit, I sit in a room full of people with headphones on all day long, working on art and laughing aloud. And uh, to this podcast and other ones, and I've kind of got a reputation now. Oh, wow. <laughs> thank you that's so amazing. much. People are going to love this episode. So thank you so much for coming on it. Yeah. And Matt, uh, on that note, I think you should tell us next week's game. Next week's game 
is the Untitled Goose Game. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, anyway, Heather, I, I got to uh, uh, take off. I've got to go impale myself on top of the Washington Monument. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Nick. Bye. Bye.